0: ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald.
1: Good afternoon. It is Friday, October 24th, 2014, and this is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group. And back with us today is Dr. Jan Yeager. Jan is uh, our all-time top uh, guest on the Executive Girlfriends Group show, and and we have previously talked about friendship, which is clearly near and dear to my heart uh, as the founder of the Executive Girlfriends Group. Uh, today we are also going to talk a little bit about uh, one of her newer books, Put More Time on Your Side, How to Manage Your Life in a Digital World, that came out in paperback uh, on March 28th of this year and is available on Amazon. Jan, welcome back.
0: Oh, thank you, Chickie. Great to be back. And nice to be the top uh, person on your, your podcast. Wow, well, what an it honor.
1: Is a- it is a testament to your ability to uh to promote yourself in this crazy digital world that we live in, and uh, Jan, <coughs> oh, excuse me, uh, <coughs> Jan, you are a productivity coach and you're a trainer and and you are an author, you've written uh, a number of books, and as I mentioned, we had talked uh, about your book, Friendshift. Uh, which talks about how friendship is changing, and you've got another book that uh, was also one of our uh, most popular shows. Work less, do more—the 14-day productivity makeover. Uh, gosh, you've written so many. So, why don't we start with you talking about you and and what your background is, and you know, did becoming an author come first and a coach second, or tell us the progression?
0: Oh, wow. <clears throat> well, I actually started writing uh, very young, at the age of 10. Uh, the coaching actually grew out of the areas of expertise. Uh, it's a wonderful thing that happens that you you write a book and, and then people say to you, well, you know, can you help me directly? So it's very fulfilling. Not only do I do coaching, but I also do seminars, uh, both half day and hour and a half and um and the the way that the time management and the friendship fit together is that i was raised by two loving workaholics <laughs> and unfortunately they they did find my mother especially found time for her friends but and her job but but the um the family sort of got uh, the least number of hours and my dad, right, he, right. he never found time for his friends, but he did find time for his kids and his job. So I grew up saying, wow, wouldn't it be great to find a way to have time for all of it? Well, I'll tell you what I I would
1: (laughs) like to know the answer to that to that question because I resemble the the uh, the workaholic that uh, tries so hard to make time for my family, but you know it it really is hard.
0: Well, but it but it is possible, and and that's that's one of the reasons I've devoted so much time to the research and the the writing, and also sharing with people around the world about what I've found out because. So much of it is self-management, and that's what I talk about in the latest book, Put More Time on Your Side. Uh, One of the greatest books on time management goes back to the 70s, Alan Lakin, and he talked about life management and finding time for what matters in your life. But I realized when I was working on this latest book that so much is within our control, and it's a question of creating those priorities and saying no to anything and everything that interferes and really deciding you know how am i going to make this all work for me and for my family you know and it and it also changes you know suddenly you have you're an empty nester and you're an empty nester and then suddenly you have to deal with aging parents so that you're pulled back into those more dependent family demands but part of it is you know what do you say yes to what do you say no to mm-hmm. and getting support from the people who do care about you for those choices right. I know Friday night I had a I have a wonderful friend going back to when my uh, older son was in um, nursery school and I actually initiated us getting together for dinner over the weekend But I got suddenly ill with a really bad cold. And it was actually partly due to stress, but also, you know, you just get those things now and then. And it felt so terrible to have to say, I have to bow out of our two-couple dinner this weekend. But I knew that if I had dragged myself to it, not only could other people have gotten sick, but the next week could have been a huge disaster. And yet I managed to get well enough to go to a family. Uh, my great aunt passed away at 92, so I did manage to drag myself to the service on Sunday. So these are choices that you know we're constantly making, but there's not enough guidance to help individuals to make the choice that's not going to get written up in the Huffington Post because you know you're getting kudos for what you did. Right. No, it's your child saying to you, "Wow, thanks for taking a, a few hours to come to my event."
1: Right. Well, you know, that that brings up a really important point. And you talk about empty nesters. I actually happen to be kind of the opposite of that because I I have had a a very demanding career for for a a very long time. I've had my own consulting firm for 18 years. But up until three years ago, my husband was Mr. Mom. And I, I don't know if you remember this about the executive girlfriends group, but a very large percentage of the women in the executive girlfriends group are the primary breadwinners in their family. And I think, you know, a large percentage of them do have children. And of those, we probably do have a bunch of em- empty nesters. But we have also a handful of people like me who waited until later in life to have children. Uh, I didn't have my daughter until I was 40. And then we adopted uh, our son at age 3 when I was 45. So, you know, here I am, 57 years old now, and I have a, a um, let's see, a, junior in high school, I had to think about that for a minute, and I have an 8th grader, and my husband got the job of his dreams 3 years ago, and is traveling a lot, and he loves what he's doing, and finally... Um, And and this was never really a goal of ours when we got married because we always knew I had more earning potential. But he is actually the breadwinner now. And I'm in a season where I am investing again in building out uh, game-changing technologies and investing time in um, early-stage companies that I care a lot about. And and so I'm able to do that without the pressure of earning. So this is all well and good. But what came with that? was I now am full time mom to my children. And and that sounds, you know, to those who've been doing it for decades like, Oh, well, no big deal. Well, I didn't know what my kids like to eat. Lunch, uh-huh. and I I didn't know how all of this worked. I mean, I I, I certainly knew intellectually,
0: but right. how do I
1: balance all of this sure. and make sure that I'm actually dressed by noon, right? You sure. Know, if,
0: if well, I let it, my daughter it,
1: drive to school, <laughs> right? Oh, so sure. So my time management is like completely bonkers because I, you know yesterday I was going to let my daughter drive to school so I could have a full day of work, and then I remembered. You know, I was lying in bed, and I remembered that I had promised to bring bananas to the boys for their last football game, right? So uh-huh. I was the banana mom yesterday to the football team. And and I never imagined that my time management, I thought I would be choosing whether I was going to work on email or a business plan or a business model or marketing. I didn't think I'd have to sandwich bananas in there.
0: <laughs> Just well, saying. you know, it's it's amazing what you're saying because I also had children late. Uh, starting at 36 with my older son and my, my second son was at the age of 41. And until that time, as a single career woman, I could have these huge blocks of time to do my work. And my challenge as a single woman was often how do I make time for reaching out to people so I don't become, because I was largely either self-employed or as a professor, I'd work three days a week, but I'd have two days when I could literally not leave the house and just do my work. So for me, once I became a full-time mom for about six to eight years, I, even as a full-time mom, wanted to get something done. So I, I realized early on, Uh, Either I'm going to learn to work in short spurts, (laughs) or I'm never going to accomplish anything again. And my favorite part of that was I had always written nonfiction, but I dreamed, like so many nonfiction writers, of one day writing the great American novel. And nonfiction, which requires a lot of research and calling people and getting out in the world, Mm -hmm. was just so hard on me those years with two young children that I decided now's the time to write a novel. So when my younger son was in nursery school, I would drop him off at nursery school and the other mothers would go work out in the gym or go to a job. I would run back to my uh, house and uh, for two and a half hours work on that novel. And then, you know, because you're not going to leave your 3-year-old sitting at nursery school, you know, yes. stop whatever I was doing in mid-sentence and right. get in that car and go get him. So, I was amazed that I relearned how to work in chaos. Right. And what I did is I redefined chaos as normal. Mm-hmm. And once and even now when I'm back in a a world where I have more control over my time because my kids are grown. When I do seminars on time management and my attendees will say to me, uh, you know, I could get so much done if I didn't have to deal with the boss or the coworker interrupting <laughs> me and all that. And I, would, I take a deep breath and I look at him or her and I say, you have just described everyone's normal day. Right. What are you going to do about it? So it it's like a wake-up call. And I say the same thing to you. It's okay that bananas was part of your day yesterday. Right. That's what full-time moms who still want to get work done have to deal with. And And the
1: interesting thing is, you know, because your book talks about the digital side of things, you know, where you describe having to, like, dash home to do that, how I adjusted my life uh, last year really is when I made the big change is I didn't have a hotspot on my phone. So if I was in the car and I happened to have my laptop, I, I couldn't get my work done. So I gave up. I had had a great phone plan that had unlimited data, And I gave up unlimited data so I could have a hotspot so that I could stay at school after the banana thing and wait until I had to pick up my daughter after soccer practice or golf practice, whatever it was. And so I could use that time in the parking lot productively rather than, you know, the 20-minute drive each way to get back to the sure. landline. And so sure. I think the digital side has freed us. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, I did interrupt your your thought. I really oh, thought no, that's
0: okay. I agree But I completely. wanted to bring
1: this in because the digital world has changed well, in many ways, it was supposed to free us up, right? And it's done anything but. It has tethered us
0: to but I mobile think going, device. going Right. But going to the friendship side of things, mm-hmm. I know with one of my friends, my best friend, the digital has really helped bond us because we're in different states and we're at different points in our lives. And I don't text with many people, basically just my immediate family and my best friend. And I allow students, because I'm back in academia, to text me if they have a crisis or something they have to share. But my friend and I, we can text and we're helping each other through our weight challenges right now. We're both on diets. Mm -hmm. And it's just been Amazing, because it's not something you really want to have a whole long drawn out phone call about. Right. But wow, is it great to be able to text your friend and say, you know, I really shouldn't have had that little bag of pretzels because uh, I was doing so well yesterday. You know, so so the 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 digital world can help friendship. But one of the things going to my friendship part of coaching and consulting. I have been hired by people whose relationships have been destroyed by um, a certain popular website that I'd rather not badmouth on on the phone, uh, on the podcast, because uh, people didn't exercise some good judgment about what do you do in a general post that every single friend you have, from a casual friend to your very best friend is going to be seeing. And, you know, and those, those are the kind of uh, social media, digital etiquette, but also relationship guidelines that people need to articulate more, and really get in touch with so that the digital helps us. And as you said, for too many people, digital has not helped them save time. It's, made them spend more time but in the ideal world it really can bring people closer together and be a time saver and that's and that's what in the put more time on your side uh new book and also by the way we didn't get a chance to mention my journal friendship thoughts famous quotes in a journal because that's one of the places where you can you know write about either friendship or anything you want to write about but also read some quotes and 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 once again you know find a way that the digital and ironically it's not a digital journal it is a uh, a print journal but right. you know to unite us
1: So talk us to... Through, you know, we've talked about how you actually do figure out what your priorities are, and the thing that stuck out to me about that discussion was, I think that we're okay at prioritizing within the business category, and we're okay at prioritizing within the uh, the personal side of our life of what has to get done. Um, but where we get in trouble is that push comes to shove. And I've heard myself say it a dozen times in the last month, if I've said it once, um, that, you know, I just have to take this phone call and or I just ha- you know, I've got this deliverable for so and so and yeah, I'll be ready to help or to get together with the family in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so invariably work does take precedence over our, our right. personal life. Even right. though well. if, if if somebody asked us what was more important, we would still say our friends, our family, our loved ones, right, uh, we would well, always say that, but our actions don't speak that way. right
0: in, well, in
1: management me... yeah, can you just address how we cope with with that conflict
0: okay, well, Chickie, I'm going to help everyone listening to this podcast to really deal with this in a great way um the first. Most important part of that piece of it is if you have made the judgment call that this work-related concern absolutely has to happen and can't be put aside, the number one thing to do after that, especially, you know, let's say you have to take care of it, but right after you've taken care of it is let whatever family member know, whether it's your daughter, your son, your your aging parent, your spouse, your romantic partner if you're not married. um, Let them know that you're so sorry that you had to deal with this and how can I make it up to you. I think that's what people want to know, that you are conflicted over it, that you wish you didn't have to make that choice. But now, okay, okay. Are we going to, you know, I don't have a daughter. I'm looking forward to being a mother-in-law. Um, so I've never, you know, said this to a daughter. But if I had a daughter, you know, I would, my, my dream is to go to, I was going to say something sexist, go to the mall together. But how about something, you know, even more progressive? How about we'll go to a library together or an art museum Um you know just the idea you know when's it good for you for us to get together to have the quality time right. uh if you miss half of family dinner because you absolutely you know and I know you do uh work internationally so do I you know the the time that's good in India or Australia is often when it's not good for the family so right. okay sorry i missed uh dinner uh, let's all go out for brunch tomorrow, or you know, let's let's mm-hmm. carve out some family time this weekend. I think that owning the fact that you've made this choice and you realize people have, uh, you know, felt hurt about it, but not even asking them to tell you that they feel hurt because it's very hard for people to say, "I feel like I'm." not important um it's it's hard you know that especially for kids uh and especially for teenagers you know where you're not supposed to need your parents you're supposed to walk on the other side of the street if you see them so so letting people know that that is important you know it's important but the third part of that is trying to understand the patterns of your work, even if it seems like there's no pattern, but there probably are patterns that you haven't taken the time to understand and have other, other ways of dealing it in place so that this time you made that choice, but how can I handle it differently and better so that maybe next time I don't have to take the call.
1: Right. Well, and and that leads me to my next question because you have a whole chapter in the book on on uh, putting more time on your side. You have a whole chapter devoted to time wasters, and and I think probably the biggest frustration, and I'll just speak from my own perspective, from my husband is he sees me spending time on things that are a waste of time, and it's patently obvious to him. Um, but you know, you you start this chapter out by saying any habit that stops you from getting to do what you truly want to do is a time waster, and right. and I think time wasters fall in, into a couple of different categories. And clearly, social media itself can be a huge time suck, um, and and we do it because we many of us work from home and we feel a need to be connected to people, and that's our only connection, but. It still is a time waster. And if we aren't spending time with the people that we love and the people who we really get charged up from, then we're doing ourselves a huge disservice. Now, there are other time wasters of things that have to be done. You know, I'm in the midst of redesigning uh, a product and I'm having to write use cases and functional requirements and things that I hate to do. But right now I simply can't afford to pay anyone to do them. So I'm doing them myself and, and it is a waste of my time and I wish I had the money to pay (laughs) because then it wouldn't be a time waster. So I'm going to have you address that. And then I want to talk about one other thing that, that does suck our time but is necessary to keep our households running. So uh, why don't you respond to that first?
0: Sure. Well, um, Going to the task you're doing that you are self-defining as a time waster, Uh, going back to my very first comment about rethinking chaos as normal, if you can rethink that action as a time waster but realize even if you could delegate it to someone else, the benefits of you doing it yourself that you are in touch with everything that's going into these descriptions that you know you're you, you possibly are doing research and 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 getting caught up in in areas that perhaps you you know weren't caught up with i mean I'm not saying that you know because I don't know the situation, but what I'm saying is that if you can do that mental switch that it's a time waster and redefine it as part of this process. Uh, a little bit of that angst and energy that's going into seeing it as a time waster will really give you such energy and re um your your motor will be going so much faster that you'll get through it a lot quicker. Right. The other thing is to think of non paying ways you could <laughs> delegate, for instance interns. Right who would be so grateful for the opportunity. Now, obviously, you have to select the intern carefully so that you're not spending so much time going over their work that it's going to be counterproductive to having done it on your own. So that's one way to get through that task that much faster. Um, And, you know, if your husband sees you doing things that he sees as time wasters, you know, you know use him as a sounding board you know find out you know specifically what is that uh i recently read a study about the impact of too much television on our on our longevity so that creates some nice good research about you know here are some nice guidelines about what is a nice you know nice amount of time to be watching tv as a release and as a uh, nice, uh, low-cost way to relax, right. but not, you know, do so much of it that it's going to, you know, affect your health. So, so really empowering yourself and uh, saying, what are my time wasters? Um, I actually found writing put more time on your side, which is a shorter book than Work Less, Do More, which was, you know, several hundred pages in a 14-day plan, but just the act of summarizing and rethinking and recasting everything in light of the way technology has so transformed our lives um, just helped me to become uh, super more productive. And I think that's another thing for people to even doing that self-assessment about what are my time wasters? How do I deal with them? How how have they changed over the years? Where am I in my life now? And, you know, seeing time management as a process, not something that's frozen in time, that right. these are skills that, you know, they're going to work in 5 years or 10 years. No, these are skills that are great, but you know what's new in your life now? And you know, my husband and I we've been having fun for the last year. We've been discussing what we're going to do to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary because there was so much going on in our lives when we hit 25 years that we didn't do anything to mark the 25th. Right. So rather than making it something negative, we've kind of had fun just tossing around ideas about, you know, what to do and where to go and, you know, will it be a trip? And, you know, we've told ourselves that we have a whole year to deal with it because any time during the 30th year is a celebration. So, you know, a few years ago, I would have been a little bit harder on us like let's have a plan let's have something right. specific because when my kids were growing up I was much more driven because I saw how we grew up and we had taken three family trips so it was very important for me that at least every other year we came together as a family whether it was an extended weekend or for a week or we got up as high as two weeks in Australia by the time the kids were in um college and high school, um to, to make sure we were building those memories together.
1: Right, right. Um Jan, we only have a few minutes left. So I think what I would like to do is is to shift focus a little bit to the whole sure. notion of friendship. And you know sure. whether you want to just read us some some quotes out of out of the journal, or or you want to talk about the value that friendship brings to our well being. Uh, you know, I, I think I want to remind people on the call, and and they can certainly pick up this book. It, it's a very very practical book.
0: Um, oh, again, thank you. Yeah, well, and, and, I love. But, this, uh, mm-hmm. I love what you said, sorry to interrupt, I love what you said about reading some quotes. I I just opened it to any page, and this was a uh, quote from William Shakespeare, Sonnet 104. To me, fair friend, you never can be old, for as you were when first your eye I eyed, such seems your beauty still. And it's interesting, because recently a magazine or a website uh, asked me to give some input about um uh what's the value of long you know a, lifelong friends and you know I talked about the value of it but also you know at any point in your life you can start a new friendship and if it extends for the rest of your life it's a lifelong friend but one of the exciting things about those older friendships is that you you do see each other as you always were um and then here's a quote from Plato uh, from his uh, great treatise, *Lysis* or Friendship. Then we may say that the greatest friendship is of opposites, question mark. <laughs> so, you know, you have, you know, birds of a feather flock together as one point of view, and then opposites attract, Um Here's uh, a a kind of, uh, from the screenplay of um, The Godfather, Part 2. He, my father, taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. (laughs) Uh, Truman Capote, in Conversations with Truman Capote. Friendship is a pretty full-time occupation if you really are friendly with somebody. You can't have too many friends because then you're just not really friends. Uh, It is hard to say, I need friends. That's from Shasta Nelson, who uh, has a friendship network, and her book is called Friendships Don't Just Happen. And and, uh, at, at the top of each... Uh, page is a quote and then there's lines where you know and the rest of the page is blank with lines where the reader or the um gift recipient cuz this is a fun book to give either in paperback or hardcover right to a friend uh about friendship uh <clears throat> There are no strangers. This is anonymous. There are no strangers, only friends we haven't met.
1: <laughs>
0: uh I actually have a, a section where I put some the names of people that I've met in uh on trains or in airports. Those seem to be the two places where people uh are especially friendly. Um, here's one from my own book three hundred sixty five Daily Affirmations for Friendship. When it comes to friendship, quality counts more than quantity mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, any uh did you find any that you particularly liked?
1: Well, um, I, I actually don't have uh, that in front of me right now, so uh, unfortunately I can't answer that. Oh, but, okay. Uh, well,
0: here, let me let me help you out. Here's a wonderful one. Joseph Cohn from the book The Good Friend. A good friend never gets insulted when you want to be alone. Now, that I think is a great quote because ask yourself, Chickie, how many friends does anyone have that if you said to your friend, you know, I'd really rather be alone than go to the movie with you, but don't take that the wrong way, would right. really understand you and not take it the wrong way?
1: Absolutely. And I'll tell you, the the friends that are the most valuable to me are those who a long period can pass, and we pick up as if it were yesterday, and there's never a recrimination uh, of why didn't you call me? Why didn't you do right. that? Because they people feel singled out that that they're the ones, you know, who who are are being ignored. When in fact, most often it's everybody in that person's life, um, you know, when they're going through busy or or difficult times. So. Jan, I so appreciate you taking your Friday uh, to show. Oh, it's been wonderful. Yes. Group. And I'd, I'd like to end by, uh, if you could just tell folks how they can get in touch with you if they're interested oh, in sure. having you speak on any of these topics.
0: Oh, or thank Or if they just you. want
1: to learn more about your books.
0: Oh, sure. Um, send me an email at jyeager, Y-A-G-E-R, at com. Look forward to hearing from you. You can visit my website, com. find out about these books and all my books. And also, the books are available through any local or online bookstore. Um, actually, the Put More Time on Your Side is in ebook and print and even audio book. Mm. Just go to amazon.com. The journal, Friendship Thoughts, is in uh, both hard and paperback Uh, print only, but, you know, maybe I should think about creating a little audio book of that as well.
1: Right, right. Oh, yeah, just, you know, I think about the time I spend in the car and I get sucked into listening to talk radio, which quite often is not at all uplifting, (laughs) so uh, uh, it would be great to have an alternative.
0: Oh, sure, and I want to mention that Work Less, Do More just went live as an audio book, uh, it's getting a lot of uh, interest, and um, it's it's not a short book to listen to, but if you've got a long trip, my husband and I used to go back and forth when we were living in Nashville for a year and a half. Um, and uh, anyone who buys the audio book, uh, within a few days you'll be able to get A PDF file of the worksheets and self quizzes from the book as a free download. When when you buy the audio book, you'll get a code so you can download that material oh, that is so you terrific. don't miss out. that is
1: terrific. I need to take advantage of those audio books. Well, again, our guest today has been Dr. Jan Yeager, and we actually talked about quite a number of uh, her books today. Uh, the most recent one, Put More Time on Your Side, How to Manage Your Life in a Digital World. Um, one of my favorites is Work Less, Do More, the 14-Day Productivity Makeover. And uh, there are actually a couple of different versions of that on uh, on Amazon. So uh, the one that uh, was published in June of 2012 is the most recent. So look for her books, and again, her website is drjanjaeger.com. Dr. And Jan, thank you so much for all the promotion you've done uh, of the various oh, you're shows welcome. that you've done with us, and it's been and just,
0: I. And one last thing, I am working on a new book on friendship, and if any of the listeners go to my website, they'll find a confidential survey on friendship right on the page. Click on Friendship Survey. Oh, and I look great. forward to hearing from people, sharing their input.
1: Terrific. Well, Jan, you have a terrific weekend, and thanks again for joining us today.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Game Changer Ideas, Inspiration, Innovation with Chickie Fitzgerald.